All right. Should we start rolling, everybody? We do a little intro and then we come back. Ready? <laughs> do I say my name when you do that? <laughs> no context. I have no context. Um, okay. It's another edition of the Cause I Have To podcast when living your dream is the only option. Our next guest is an ex-gang member and felon turned punk rock wanderer, also the host of the Screaming at a Wall podcast. That's right. He was. He's also, I believe, still currently a skateboarder. He does skate magazine photography and has ran or is currently still running a skate shop. And it's it's questionable, but he could be a ghost. We're not sure. Uh, That's true. <laughs> I'm not even here. Uh, who are you guys going Wait, to interview? You who are you going to interview? <laughs> whoa, whoa, easy. You just scared the bejesus out of me. Casper Tobias is our next guest, and uh, he's coming up next. Welcome to the Cause I Have To podcast. When living your dream is the only option. Welcome to season two. We are your hosts. I'm Jason Friday. I'm Julie Slater. This podcast is about facing your fears, digging deep inside yourself, and following your passions. We hope to give you a push to live your dreams. Now let's get back to it. And we're back. All right. <laughs> and Casper. we're back. Casper Tobias. That was that was movie magic right there. We didn't actually go anywhere. Wait, we what? Were, oh, we were always here. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's like, whoa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> uh, we got to uh, throw some credit to uh, Jason's cousin, Isaac, who's like, hey, man, you got to have this guy. He's now, I think Isaac's become our uh, producer. Yeah, the program. He keeps telling us like, "Hey, man, gotta have this person on." Oh, yeah, man. you guys are gonna go downhill real fast. I know, right? Crash <laughs> and burn with Isaac being the producer. I know. Take that, Isaac. Boom. No, I'm just. I love that. Guy no, so I know. I do too. I'm just kidding. But yeah. he's my cousin, so I love just doing a couple of doty wax to his. You know. All right. Yeah. So. <laughs> what up, um, Isaac? What up, Isaac? <laughs> So uh, looking at your podcast bio, it said that you spent some time in California state prison. So my immediate questions would be, have you shanked anyone and did you drop the soap? Why does it always have to be the intro <laughs> to people going to prison? <laughs> I mean, I dropped the soap a lot. I mean, it happens. You're a human being. So, I mean, it's slippery. You <laughs> lathering and it's bound to happen. Now, did I get raped? Uh, because of that, uh, was that the outcome? No. Um, yeah. Very positive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you guys were, you guys did research. You guys looked up stuff. I don't even know what, where was that bio from? That's from your podcast. Wow. I should probably <laughs> look at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was also part of, um, your first episode. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. That was the worst. Uh, what an experience. Um, <laughs> It's yeah, it's definitely a learning process, isn't it? Well, uh, you talk about uh, the misconceptions of prison life in your first episode. That's so right. you were saying yeah. that maybe we have some misconceptions. I have been I visited Rikers Island. Oh, myself. you were at Rikers. Oh, that's 
You went you went to Rikers? Just to visit a friend. Oh, a I thought you were like <laughs> yeah. a bandmate in Rikers. You were you were up in, you know, Rikers up north. It's up north, right? <laughs> the best was um I went to visit my friend and I had to go to this special bus that was for Rikers. And it was great because not like the... a short bus, like a. You <laughs> <laughs> no, said a special bus. A oh, special bus. Well, because it yeah. said Rikers Island. You know, it was okay. like a regular bus stop, but it said Rikers Island. And the wow. bus driver looked at me and goes, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, that's where yes, I'm going." Yes, <laughs> actually, that is where I'm going. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's straight up like your kind is not no. welcome here. <laughs> You're confused. You're... Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Oh man. So I mean, it seems like you know, it's not like we know a ton about you, but it does seem like mm. you transformed your life. I mean, how do I would say even how does someone become an ex gang member? It seems like it'd be hard to to get mm. out of being in a gang. And do you? I mean, I mean, can, yeah. Can you um, just be like, hey guys, I'm done. See you later. Well, I mean. I mean, that was one of the things that when I got released, uh, this is when we get serious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when when I was released, I ended up going back to the same place. And it was a fear of mine because there was a lot of um, there's a lot of people from my gang that had issues, uh, especially because I was from a Hispanic gang. And I ended up hanging out with they segregate uh, groups based off of race or like region. You know, you have northern California Hispanics, uh, the Sereños, and then you have uh, Southern California Hispanics, uh, Southsiders. Uh, you have Northern Blacks, 415, and then you have like Crips, Bloods, and then you have Whites, and those Whites are all divided within cars of like what area you're, you're from. And I grew up in South LA and then Antelope Valley. So when, you know, I decided to change, it was actually in Juvenile Hall because I just, I I felt very out of place, uh, not having like grown up like that. Um, I spent about maybe four or five years like heavy, heavy into gangs, uh, and then drug use. But when I went to juvenile hall, like that's when I, I kind of realized, uh, for me as far as like identity goes, because I was only sixteen, uh, going on the age of uh, going uh on the age of seventeen. Uh, so I was still going through that transformation and identity and all those different things so um yeah. that's when i decided that i didn't want to be in the gang anymore so like me and i, I actually got jumped out by the southsiders um it's uh, there's a lot of different like stories that go along with that but i ended up what does that mean jumped out so uh, so i'll get to that so um me so when i decided that i didn't want to be a southsider anymore um i just started claiming just white boy like you have to claim i'm just, i was just like i'm just a white boy and there was not very many white kids in uh Silmar or central juvenile hall so i had to fight a lot and then eventually like gain gain respect from the people or the other guys that were there spent about like six to eight months in juvenile hall and then one of the staff members was like, roll up your stuff. You're going to L.A. County. And so they would they would send the kids that were mess ups to L.A. County and they had a juvenile module. And that was like lockdown. Like you were in cells, you were you were segregated from the adults, but you were still like at L.A. County. And then people that yeah. are from L.A. County know how uh, notorious that place is. But um, there was a, a dude that was there. Uh, when I had done time in juvenile hall, maybe like three years before that, that had recognized that I was from a Southside gang. He was actually from a rival gang at the time. 
and he was a shot caller and he was asking me like, what's up? And he's like, well, we got to, we got to jump you out of like the South side, South siders or something. I didn't really question it. I was just trying to like move past all that. So they ended up, you know, they, we would get out for like an hour a day and go into this uh, little module and then we, they would like cut hair and stuff like that. Uh, there wasn't really any supervision either. Um, and I got jumped for like 13 seconds and I sort of had just left that like while I was in prison behind, but that still didn't really speak to like the guys that I was a part of, uh, their gang. And, um, so when I eventually got out, I had, I had to worry about that because there was like bad meetings and discussions about it and they weren't cool with it. So, but it's been good. Hopefully they're not listening. I'm just joking. It's, I'm, it's, uh, it's been a long time. It's just the way that it goes. But, um, but I was also like pretty close to being in a prison gang. Uh, I was like a prospect for a prison gang. And I've talked about that before um, where I had to tell like the shot callers that I didn't want anything. To, this is after like, I really started to change like who I was and got into punk rock and uh, was getting back in touch with, I guess, myself before I started to get into trouble. So that was like skateboarding and yeah. And then music was a big influence on me in, in prison. And that, that was pretty rough to, I, I mean, I could have gotten stabbed or I had no idea what the reaction would be. Um, and, um, fortunately enough, the shot caller who was a lifer, was just like, get out, never come back. Uh, and he's like, I respect your decision. So, and I was pretty close. I was about to go to a four yard. So I was on a level three yard. I know I'm, there's a lot of information coming at you, but sure. Sure. I, it's uh, all good. I was so, I was so, you know, there's different levels, one, two, three, and four. I was on a three yard, a lot of lifers. Uh, it wasn't one of the most craziest uh, prisons out there, uh, Susanville, but there was high desert across the street. That was a level four. And that was the type of place that if you were asked to stab somebody or handle something, if you didn't do it, you were going to get stabbed just the way that it goes. That's the way that it is in there. So I was at 42 or well, I'm sorry, 52 or 53 points right on that line to be sent across the street. And at this time I was already, you know, changing and I wasn't getting in trouble as much. Um, and I was just trying to have a good time in prison, which, you know, we did. I mean, I was in a punk rock band in there and that's a whole another story, but, um, I had somebody <laughs> speak up for me. I, I think I was probably that guy. His name was orphan. And, um, yeah, he was a lifer that, he became paralyzed in there. He'd like, they would do like these uh, Iron Man type uh, competitions in there where they would jump into like buckets or uh, trash cans of water or something like that and go on an obstacle course. And uh, he jumped out and slipped and like hit his neck. And, you know, he had to like walk with this. Uh, but um, yeah, I think he spoke up for me and I, I ended up not go. I was so close and, that that actually saved me because I I mean I wouldn't be here right now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is some deep shit right there. <laughs> well, what do you think changed your? I mean, you were so young. What do you think mm -hmm. changed your mindset of not mm. getting in trouble as much and wanting to maybe get out of that? Like, mm. was there anything pivotal? Like, something um, you know, looking back and. Um, that's funny. I just got chills. Uh, 
it's interesting to like think about that process and think about um everything that you go go through in life and then even when you're at like a certain point uh because uh, i'm always examining my life um socrates said that unexamined life is not a life worth living and i've always been that way so i feel like it was me just going back to who i was as a kid right because i learned especially through going through therapy and reading and spiritual practice is that it's i look at it as um you know, you get these layers of, you know, like trauma or whatever you go through. And I mean, that's when I look at people that are incarcerated or people that live in a certain way of dysfunction, it's just like these, these layers and these masks, right? Like that just build and you put one over another, another, and then you eventually get to the point where you don't even know who that original person was when you were younger and the way that you looked at the world. And, um, but I've always, I've always examined myself. Like even when I was going through juvenile hall, I was like, am I Hispanic? What am I doing? Like, why am I trying to hang? I didn't grow up like this. It was like this constant, but I didn't realize the connection to like my trauma and, you know, like putting on these masks. Um, I did, wasn't able to go deep enough. I just didn't know. So, um, I think it was me just again, examining like, what is going on? Is this, is this what I want? So, but to speak on something specific, you know, I've talked about this before on my podcast and then people that know me is that, um, punk rock really changed, changed me a lot tremendously. And then of course, like having a mentor, my buddy, sick boy, who had started my podcast with, he was a great influence on that by looking at me and saying like, who, who are you running with? Like, like, why are you hanging out with those guys? He had seen something, you know, like I started to realize too, like when I was in prison that people saw things in me that I didn't see. Right. Like mm. I, I hadn't examined that yet because I was so self-deprecating and I just, my, I was insecure all these different things, right? Like I just couldn't see the potential that I had when I was going through that process. And I didn't even pay it mind to those guys, you know, that would tell me certain things. I didn't, it didn't really hit, hit me yet. Um, but it, that was, that was a pinnacle moment for me when I was incarcerated because the music itself allowed me to like, all of a sudden, like examine life in a different way and my perceptions about my about myself and how I see everything around me. And then um, like Eastern philosophy, like Taoism and Buddhism, my buddy would give me books uh, very loosely. Like he, he, he didn't consider himself a Buddhist or any, a part of any, um, you know, uh, non-secular group or whatever. Um, but yeah, that that that's really what started it for me because I started to go internally and started to look at the mechanics of myself, and I ended up having this almost like a breakdown uh, of everything that I ever thought like I was like in this moment, like being in prison and sitting in a cell, and just like, what? How did I get here? And I yeah. I had this I I just completely shut down. 
And I remember he, my buddy sick boy, actually, he doesn't remember this, but he came to my cell and he's like, oh, let's, let's go out to the yard. And I was just like, I could hear him. It was muffled, but I was just staring at the wall and I was just, I couldn't look at him. Cause I was just like, and from that point on, I just started to really uh, go inward. Um, and it's been that journey until now um, and just picking up things along the way. But that was definitely, that was definitely one of the the moments for me. How long were you in prison? Five years. Wow. So, yeah, I was 17 to try it as an adult. Jeez. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That I mean, that's crazy though. Like at at the end of like teenagehood into young adulthood, those are wow. That's wild yeah, shit, that's man. That's pretty tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the effects of that, like on the psyche, like on. I mean, these were things that I was dealing with. You know, I'm even dealing with now to grow past. But you you don't even really realize like, right. Like if you're someone that's like trying to keep, like you want to move forward, right. You want to progress. You don't really realize that those things are like the things from the past. If you're not looking at them deeply, they're going to affect you down the road. And so those are the things that I'm, I'm dealing with so I can live, I guess, full and, and free. Um, and I'm closer, but I guess there's really no, I'm finding that there's really no, end result to that like the goal is just like day to day um but yeah i mean i've had to, to do a lot of work and that's something that i i feel like um it's not really discussed a lot especially for people that go through prison is like you know post traumatic stress uh disorder uh we you know we think of like military and war and it's like that's war for you know some of those places you're in war and, you know, there's a level of safety and freedom in the military that you don't really necessarily have with, you know, prison. So it's like compounded by that. And I'm not trying to devalue like that, that, you know, those people's, but it's, it's similar to me, but it's not really like talked about, um, you know, they don't have like group groups or anything like that, but where are we going to, I that? guess just going with what you just said, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like in the military, you're on one team. Where mm -hmm. in prison, like everyone's on, you know, perhaps on their own team. You know, you got to fight for yourself all the time. Uh, all maybe, the, maybe. Yeah. yeah, from the guards to the, the races. And that was a whole nother thing that I I grew up with, like, black family. Um, I came from a mixed family. So, it like, being in an environment like that and then being young and, you know, even being influenced where, like, you couldn't like drink after someone you can eat after like all these things like you know and a lot of people that like are not accustomed to that end up adopting that and then it like breeds this racist mentality that a lot of people probably don't even have before you know going into the system um and it actually just makes it makes it worse um yeah damn yeah. Yeah, you have to you have to worry worry about so many different potential threats. And that's like like coming out here like was I was so hyper it was really hard for me to, you know, navigate through all that cuz I was I was so drained all the time. I remember like just being in the airport when I first got out, uh, we had to take a transport uh, van down to Sacramento and then take a plane I had to take a plane to LAX, but being in the airport was like 
a lot of people we take these things for granted right like because it's just around us all the time but i almost puked i almost threw up that it was so intense to see all this movement and all these people and the smells uh and then there were cell phones and there because they didn't have cell phone and seeing people i mean my brother's doing 19 years he has he's potentially could get out or he's been down 19 years he's uh, facing a life sentence but he he potentially could get out uh uh in four more years i can't imagine right wow. like what he's gonna oh go through because God. it's like tenfolds uh to <laughs> what like you know that was on the cusp of when i came i was like not everybody had a cell phone and they were like nobody was texting or they were like flip phones or whatever uh so i can't imagine like what he uh what he's gonna go through but dude he's gonna get out and be like what the hell is the internet <laughs> yeah what the <laughs> they actually have tab they have tablets now which is i mean they have so many cool things that i oh, you yeah. know I, I didn't get but they have tablets so i can like send him video and he could text oh in uh, in person they have tablets yeah so um they have <laughs> tablets and then they can do video interviews but they have to like uh I don't do an appointment set up through a kiosk in the day room. You can't be like on there, like doing a vi video, <laughs> like in your cell, yeah. but you can text in your cell. They have music on the tablets. Oh. Uh, you know, of course it's like restricted and not like on the internet, but yeah. 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 And then programming and there is so much better than what it was. They actually have programs that I think are, can, you know, help people actually get to the bottom of why they're even there. Wow. The one thing I always wonder, and maybe I just have a dark sense of the world, if I yeah, was you look like you, you yeah. would, you know? <laughs> a little morose. If, yeah. I, if I was sentenced to life in prison, I mm -hmm. always just say I would just kill myself. I wouldn't be like, like to me, how, how do all these? I don't know how you live with like, oh, I'm in here for life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would imagine that you've been through hardships, right? Yeah. And you've adapted to those hardships. It's just another form of that. Like it yeah. seems like, but it's like forever, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, you know, at one point thought I was gonna be in there forever, and yeah. I was like, this is my life. And there was a point when I, I mean, you know, I, I talked to my buddy Sick Boy. He's still out. Um, well, of course he's still he did the podcast, but. Um, <laughs> But Plus you got him we, on that tablet. Yeah, right. <laughs> but we, we, uh, he talks about that, like, and I tell him all the time, you talk about prison as if it's like your Al Bundy, like four touchdowns and a single game type thing. Uh, right. Um, for all you people that did that's married with children, it was a program that was on TV back in the 80s before uh, the internet before so the wait, tablets. Wait, so, what did you say? You talk about prison like Al I Bundy? talk about. He talks about it as if it's the glory days, right? Yeah. Like that's like as if that's all. I mean, I've I look back on it as somewhat an innocent time, right? Like the things that we were doing. Like I said, like I played basketball a lot, handball. Um, we started a, a punk rock band in there. Um, we had really good moments because we had a. I was very fortunate, right? Like you know, once I decided that I was like, screw all these dudes and they're what the how they view the world i'm just gonna live life how i want to in here and i adapt it so like to i'm really bringing that up because talking well how you you grow accustomed to it like you adapt and i i mean i had fun 
in there. I mean, it's, it's a weird thing to say, but I mean, for me, it was like my college years. And I tell my daughter who's nine about to go on, she'll be 10. Um, I used to always refer to it. Like when I was talking to someone, I'd be like, Oh yeah. In college. Uh, and then she went, she finally figured out what college was. And uh, so now she does that. She's like, when well, my dad was in college, um, where do you want to go to college, sweetie? I ain't going to college. <laughs> I got a free. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because like, that's a whole nother topic, but people hating on the fact that like people get a better education, right? Like, and they don't have to pay for it. Like when they're in prison, you know, versus like someone out here that's free that, you know, obeys laws and stuff like that. It's like, it's always something with people who can't please everyone. But um, I, I look back on on that time, uh, definitely with some nostalgia. And you you would adapt. I don't know. Or maybe you would, you know, whack yourself. I don't know. I mean, it's not for everybody. Not everybody has that, you know, that thing inside of them. But I think your innate, like, survival of, like, wanting to be alive would click on and you would just, like, figure it out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, or you could be like Epstein. Well, I don't think he killed himself, but that's right. a whole other story. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's a many other story. But I, yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think you'd be all right. Okay, good, good to know. Good to know, just in case. I don't know, I don't know what you're planning on doing, what you got going on in your life, but you'll be all right. You will okay. be okay. I mean, if I was in there when you were there during those you know that age of life and i was able to be in a punk rock band i'd be like i'm never leaving yeah this is great <laughs> this is great yeah well we and have... i would oh sorry i was just gonna say i would imagine you know um that you would get used to like you said your brother's in there for 19 years uh, you would get used to such a set regimen yeah i can imagine getting out would be very yeah. overwhelming like, yeah i don't yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot more programs now, and I'm connected uh, to them, um, like ARC and Initiate Justice, and uh, you know, even Homeboy Industries. I volunteered for Homeboy Industries. Um, that's that's a, I think it's like a, a Catholic based like thing. So you have to do all this religious stuff in order to be a part of it, like inside. I could be wrong, but I, I was volunteering for them, and they had actually taken off some of my. Uh, tattoos that's like an industry thing now it's it's just crazy how much that that homeboy industries evolved from the i think it's father boyle i used to see him when i was in juvenile hall like giving his catholic sermons um and i actually would go with like the, the we, i just wanted to get out i'm not christian or catholic but i the the like the the black the blacks would go to the Christian one. It was a lot more entertaining and fun versus, yeah. you know, it's just like the slow dragging of like. But Father Boyle, like oh. he he started off just that way, and now that is like a whole industry. But I, I had gotten my tattoos taken off some of them, uh, from that place, and they offer like a free service to do that for. I'm just saying that there's like there's a lot of programs to help help now where like I feel like my brother you know like it'll be a lot easier versus someone back in the you know back in the day they yeah. just didn't have that at all you know there were yeah. there you go on instagram now and there's just like tons of you know groups out there that are are doing that so with all the social causes you know like that's one one aspect of it that i think is good um did you were you offered any therapy when you were in there 
Does that what help mm. you or no? It just was all on your no, own. No, not therapy. No. I didn't even yeah. know about that. I mean, yeah. you have a you have a counselor. I don't know what the, I have no idea what he was counseling. You like see this guy, and he had to do with like your points and like getting transfers and stuff like that, but nothing like. Yeah, we had friends outside, which was like the only group, and so they would they would form like you know I had to take like an anger man. I didn't. I didn't have to take anger management. I chose to do an anger management class in there. And that's really like all I remember them offering. And maybe I just wasn't really looking for it. But like that was the only program that I really remember them offering, which was good. Like it it helped me out. Like it was yeah, yeah. it was fun to do, but it wasn't like consistent, you know, like they offered it here and there. But yeah, I had none of none of that. I didn't I didn't start going to therapy until I went to film school. Uh, which is actually where I met Isaac. Um, they offered it through the school, so I started doing that, doing that there, and uh, I started to see things that were like, like mind blowing, examining like some of the stuff that was just I thought that was the reality of what was going on, you know? Yeah. Wow. I so, love how deep some of this shit is. It's so good. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say. So, what would you say now are your biggest passions that you're pursuing, mm. or that keep you going each day? I I don't I don't want to use a cliche like saying my daughter like my daughter is just like that's just there like I mean there's so much love there that like um but that's not a personal um I guess like like desire like what what keep I think spiritual practice at the moment um and through that I'm connected to the things that bring me joy I mean, that, like for me, that's it's such an internal thing that doesn't really involve anyone else when you're going through it. Of course, it, it does translate into how you interact with other people and how you see the world. But I, I meditate every day and I, I go through this process of, um, you know, again, like each day examining like, um, you know, my perceptions. So it's like I'm constantly like changing um how i how i view things because of that uh what's is scary to some because there's i feel like i now like you know I, I thought my identity like everything that i did before was like my identity is this my identity is that and like as time has gone on i've become more detached from that like even being a skate a skate a skateboarder like i don't really i'm not attached to that the same way like i'm passionate about skateboarding i'm passionate about riding i'm pa passionate about the spiritual practice i'm passionate about basketball i'm passionate about all these things but the spiritual practice for me uh is probably the most uh important aspect and what i can do with that like how like that is gonna create this next step for me and you know writing writing a book and then continuing to do the the podcast even though i've like taken a break because i had a lot of stuff going on in between i'm um, finally like getting some, i'm sure you guys know that but like um i think like wanting to be active and participating uh with other people um through these things that i picked up and, and gathered along the way because it's always been on my radar and i've done 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 things but i just want to do it more in a community aspect um and i'm still sure. trying to trying to figure all that out you know but what yeah. book are you writing what is it about just about yeah. it's called identity crisis and it's it's a lot and you know a lot of it is you know i'd been right i'd started it at a certain point and then i scrapped it just because i felt like i wasn't 
at a point when I really understood like myself and like what I what would the ending be or like what would it like what would be the full circle thing and I think right now I'm I'm coming to that point and a lot of it dealing with like identity and you know what we what we like unconsciously choose choose uh well not even choose because we're not really aware but like how that really affects us as like a society as people um because it started at that individual level for myself of thinking i was all these different things and getting so far away from that truth of of who i was because i wasn't even able to really examine that because i was trying to look for it in groups of people and subcultures and all these different things and um i think that's one of the the main issues of that we're facing today as a society so i think that's really really important to examine yeah i didn't go to school for you know psychology i mean i took some classes and stuff like that when i was in community but i think these are just like experiences right like uh, being able to to relay these stories like because i've gone through so many different phases and then i've got i've gotten to this point when going inward allowed me to to uh connect deeper and, and connecting deeper to yourself actually i feel more connected to people um and uh and just doing the podcast like you i love interacting with people that have a different mentality or view than i do and i know that's sort of polarizing uh to a lot of people is like because we're so attached to our identity uh that we're not able to like actually listen to people and then realize too that a lot of like those choices are unconscious and they come from a place of trauma you know um we talk about like there's this movement of like self-awareness and compassion and like compassion for yourself and doing all. And then like there's people yelling at somebody else because they are not part of the same political party that they're, they're at. Um, so I really want to explore that, but like from a deeper level, not just from an individual uh, level and the expression of that and how that is how I see like the world right now. Um, I think that would be really fun to do. So I didn't, I didn't really have that before I had my personal journey and my experience. And then, um, so I think that is going to, that's going to be the, the intertwining of the two. So there's just not me talking about myself that, no, <laughs> that nobody knows. They're like, why the fuck do we care about this guy? <laughs> well, that's it's pretty that. awesome. All the, um, you've done a lot of inner work and I do love what you're saying about like when you work on yourself, then it like also helps everything around you and all the people around you. It's big stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had a, a very like morose, like uh, dark, you know, view of the world. For, and it didn't help that I used to watch like Woody Allen movies and like Todd salon. So like I was always looking at like the, the darker side of human nature because that fascinated me too, because I had been involved in it. I mean, I did really horrific things that I it's just like looking at like, how could I have done that? And that's so understanding that a lot of that response is rooted in like trauma that I didn't even understand um, allows me to look at other people in that way of like, okay, well, I mean, they got definitely got stuff going on, but yeah. Yeah, I was just compassion. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, for you, so you learn to do that for yourself. I mean, I learned to do that for myself because I, and I I'm still am, um, it's, uh, well, it's important. Like for me, like, I mean, it was very important for me in my journey to get away from that because I really didn't do that towards myself. And that's why I was in the position that I was in. And, um, I think we all have that ability. Um, you know, um, not that I don't think that the world is dark, but I, within Taoism, you know, you, the, the light and the dark, they're both necessary. And it's like becoming unattached to like meaning to those things, right. They just are like, there's, you wouldn't be able in the absence of, of darkness, there's just light. But if you didn't have that darkness, you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand what light is and it's like vice versa. And that's just, that's the fundamental like truth and understanding that and not becoming attached to it um, just provides a little bit less suffering because, you know, I like people that are into politics that just, that's all they, all they talk about. They're just like in it. And it's like, Oh man, it's so fucked up. And yeah, it is. But like, you're choosing to just stay on that side and, and be in that, like, as if you have control over that, um, you, we don't, you know what I mean? It's just, I think that acceptance of, of what, what is in the world would we, we're just all fighting against what that fundamental truth is. And we're all like, just wanting to rubber stamp it and make it our own and claim it. Um, and then everybody like really trying to have an answer towards like everything. And it's just, I mean, we're going to be in this predicament until we go a little bit deeper than that. Cause we're just, you know, putting a bandaid on it. It's the yeah. same thing for me, right? Like the self-examination, like allowed me to like, really like become something new or go back to what I, I always was right. Like that's yeah. right. what my journey has been, but, but yeah. Good man. Yeah. That's, that's great stuff. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We are at the point of the program uh, where it's five o'clock somewhere where we ask you five quick questions to get to know you even better. He's like, no. No. No, no one's ever denied us. At this you point. did not. You did not run this by my PR. <laughs> so I'm going to have right. to go ahead we're and slipping us, oh, We're slipping us in. Um, okay. Question number one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Just put Vaseline on it or something. Um, gonna... Your favorite prison movie? Mm, my favorite prison movie? Oh, these are good questions. Um, <sighs> I have a fascination uh, with prison movies. I do, too. I mean, okay, so I'll do, like, a serious, like, one of the serious, like, uh, cinematic uh, prison movies that I love mm -hmm. uh, is Shawshank Redemption. Of course, yes. of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is fun. I like these questions. Are good. Um, Do you have any opinion about Face Off? I saw it when I was in prison. Oh. I enjoyed the prisoners it. Prisoners like it. It's one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, yeah. Con when they, when they imitate Con each other. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, uh, what was wasn't there a part where they had like. St like magnetic boots on oh, yeah, they and they're like, yeah. like that was like the that's it's i think that was the last time i saw it was in prison <laughs> to be honest with you so that's very vague uh yeah oh i go back to the first one uh, and then blood in blood out blood in blood out would be like the the other end of like campy uh, oh i don't think prison. i've seen that we'll have to you've never that. seen blood in blood no. out 
No. I don't think I have either. Wow, that's sad. It's on the list. I hate, I hate to be one of those people like, oh, how come you've never seen that? It was for all I do. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> if you like prison movies, that's yeah. that's one of the that's one of the ones. Okay. Uh, question number two. All right, this is a little bit lighter one. Who's your favorite skateboarder and why? Uh, oh man. I have a, a lot. I don't know if I really have a favorite skateboard because, <laughs> yeah, skateboarding to me is like not that. You know what I mean? I have a, I like go through these like I go through this process of liking someone for a little bit and all the all the dudes that skate for heroin skateboards. Uh, I really like those. Um, just all my homies are my favorite skateboarders. Yeah. Hey, that's the perfect answer then. Yeah. Okay, question number three. Uh, what's something about you that seems polar opposite to your image? Like, do you love kittens, uh, making pottery? Maybe you're great at knitting. Maybe you've knit your own hat you're wearing. Or playing like tetherball or something. I love tetherball. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I know a lot of guys with tattoos that like tetherballs, so that's not... Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I like, I like that. Um, I mean... I like to sit and meditate in nature, but that's what I like to do. Um, I like plants. Plants. Is that you does have a that green qual- Yeah. I do. Like I'm, I'm pretty goddamn good about just watering a plant that needs water when it needs water. Like I don't understand <laughs> people that kill. Like you just put water in it from time to time. Um, I feel like I should have a. I feel like I should have a better answer than that. Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe I'll come back to that one. Okay. Uh, question number four. <laughs> What's the best food you've eaten in prison? Mm. And is the food terrible? I always say it is. So I was. It's been a minute. Yeah, I know that's true. <laughs> it's been a minute. I, I was. I was. We were at a fire like so. The th- we we're. I was at a prison that was a fire camp, so the food was better uh, than most other prisons, I guess. But uh, top wrong, like spreads were the shit. And I still, I still eat a version of a spread. You guys familiar with a spread? Just ramen noodles mixed oh. in with like mayonnaise and cheese and tomato, like cut up. Uh, tomatoes and whatever protein that you can get in a can or like whatever and you just put it in a big old plastic bag uh, and then you mix it all up spread it out and you got crackers and chips around it and just digging up oh, and I've, I've made it for quite a quite a few people out here and they're like they were they were into it so <laughs> you know, I, I eat a more gourmet version of it now so um, yeah. spread, spreads spreads <laughs> Uh, we may have already kind of tapped on this, but question number five is, what is the biggest thing you've learned about life after all you've been through? The biggest thing that I've learned about life? Um, that there's no, there's no real answers. That's there's a no, great there's, answer. That's end. a great answer. <laughs> there's no, there's, there, nice there is no end result. Um, there's no end goal to anything. It's, um, the living in the moment is the best way to to live. If you are in the moment and you get this experience of when you're in like flow state and you're connected to people and you're just here, what an amazing that that to me is just being able to live in the moment. I've that is uh, that's where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Casper yeah, Tobias, you've been an awesome guest. Uh, you can find his podcast. Uh, screaming at a wall. Uh, I guess it's 
just look up screaming at a wall podcast you're on oh and instagram instagram screaming at a wall podcast simple what's your your personal steal i saw a couple steal your souls is it steal your soul double underscore underscore. yeah that's just that's just like my film stuff that i I post on there from time to time uh just to feed my ego a little bit but even that i'm just like it's like whatever like people scrolling oh that's great and then you can't even really see the image um so (laughs) but you um you have a really amazing podcast voice Um, oh hey i'm i'm a radio professional myself are you yes yeah but you have a very like clear uh, not baritone but like it's you know it's a deeper voice so it's like a nice contrast and then i love that you guys are a couple and i didn't know that your guys's chemistry is really good i have one more last question for you i feel like you're on my <laughs> podcast welcome to wow how did you to start it and and why because we have to yeah, um i think it was just more like we just wanted to i don't know like it started off as you know finding your dharma is what we used yeah. you know like that was the term mm. but i don't think that indicated to people and they didn't understand what that meant which is why we just say well what's your truest passion like following your dreams yeah. following your passion well and we're always like following our own dreams no so right of- so i think it was a reflection of us individually and as a duet and I'm happy that we did decide to do that because the fucking stories that these people have yeah. are every single person's story is un it's just mind blowing. You for and example chances, and chances that people have taken, like risks yeah. and, and facing their fears. And- yeah, diving off the cliff like yeah. head first and you're just like, Holy shit. It's it's just it's unbelievable, dude. This these yeah. people crazy. Yeah. I know once you'll listen to the podcast, you'll be like, oh, shit. Okay, I get it. Yeah. I'm still going to uh... kill myself in prison, though. Just so you guys know. <laughs> Don't go. Um, Don't do it. Don't you'll do adapt. That. It's fine. You'll be end up like getting face tattoos and being like the head of a prison gang. Like, I'm yeah. really thriving here. <laughs> um, well, no, I, I appreciate it. You two are very genuine and uh, calming so um i'm sure that everybody gets that sense that you interview thank you thanks man yeah yeah yeah. it it helps out a lot i see it so i'm glad that you guys are doing it too well thank you all right great chatting with you yeah dude i I appreciate it welcome to our after pod when we talk about our guest after they leave the room that was casper the friendly punk ghost (laughs) friendly punk prison skate, skater ghost. He never told me if he shanked anybody in prison. I know. Well, Sounds like he's done some things. He did in his first podcast it said he's been shot at. He's shot at people. I was going to ask him about his face tattoo. We never got into that. I know. I don't understand and it's, you know, obviously great for him. Like, he was so young and how he actually had the the kind of like mental capacity to be like i think i'm gonna get out of this and then actually can because i would think it's very hard like he, yes. he if it weren't for that lifer i don't know that yeah. he like he said the lifer maybe saw something in him and was like i'm gonna help you get out of this so you don't end up like me yeah no it's the story he has is just like holy shish kebabs and uh, i mean now i understand why isaac was like 
dude, you gotta have Casper on. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'll have anybody on. We'll have anybody on. <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily true. But... No, but I mean, anybody that's you know that that wants to share a story that that's following your passion. Obviously, if they're like, you know, I cut grass with a scissor. But I guess if that's your passion. Yeah, I hey. guess if they have a good story to tell, the scissor yeah. cutter. Scissor cutters. Yeah. It's funny, so many things that I'm like, oh yeah, I relate to that. But, I mean, obviously not much of the prison stuff, but anything with punk rock stuff or skateboarding. I was surprised by his skateboard answer. My favorite skaters are like my friends. Yeah. That's incredible. I well, didn't expect that. And we talked to him a little bit off off mic. <laughs> He's not into like gurus or No, right. So that made sense, obviously. Might not after like the fact. my fascination with Tom York, Radiohead. Why do you... Uh, no, I just... I love, though, this might... Part of it, or all of it, might be off mic, but how many questions he had for us. It was really... Oh, yeah. After, really after we did the podcast, he's, like, asking us all these questions. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it. Unique and different, like everybody's story yeah. is, which is why this is so entertaining and interesting, every single person. Yeah, he's done a lot of inner work, and that's what yeah. we, we talk about all the time. No kidding. You know, if you have a real strained relationship with someone if you work on yourself perhaps that relationship will ease in some way right like oh my gosh and especially just what he went through roughly between the age of like 17 to 22 prisons i mean that's like in prison for 19 years yeah jeez. that is whack it is it's crazy um and the fact that he might actually get out in four years it being a possibility is yeah. that's like wow wild yeah i know well, there I you have it that was casper tobias tobias did you know even where he lives i think he lives oh you know what i don't i was gonna ask him too i thought he lived California, here right yeah i think so uh. i don't i was gonna ask him where he went to film school and he said he met isaac there and i'm like what you met at the film school or i don't know i'll have to ask isaac i guess did Isaac ever do any prison time? Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac. But he wasn't a teenager. He was like uh, 30 something. You should have known better. <laughs> Isaac, you should have yeah. known better. Yeah. I think he was early 30s. I think. Yeah. You know, that was during the period where we kind of fell out of touch just because he was living another life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he did. But Isaac's another success story, too. Yeah. He refuses to be on the podcast, even though he listens. Well, <laughs> what are you waiting he, for, Isaac? What are you waiting I know. For? What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for, funny? Hop to chop chop. Um, I think that I think he will be on. He's. I think he's just waiting for a sign from the good Lord Jesus. Guess what? This might be the sign. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, another great uh, podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. That's right. Love you. Thanks for listening to the Cuz I Have To Podcast. Find us on Instagram at Cuz I Have To Podcast. Tell your friends about the pod and share an episode on your socials. We'd love to hear from you too. Email us at Cuz I Have To Podcast at gmail.com. Keep living those dreams, friends, because you have to. Till next time. <laughs>